Pass Radio, America's weekly motorcycle talk show. I got me a date with some of the motocrosses up around the way. Your source for weekly updates on what's happening in the world of motorcycle racing. You know how fast you're going? Industry news, trends, the people involved. I'm Ricky Carmichael. This is Kevin Schwartz. This is Josh Timoth. This is Kelly Smith. This is Travis Latron. This is Jeremy McGrath. And now, Pit Pass Radio. All right, welcome back to the show. Armor number two as we kick it off. I want to thank all of our guests in hour number one, Nick Burson, Aaron Plessinger, and uh, Lindsay Alcar. She's always a great one to start with. Hour number two, uh, we're still going to be talking about the demise of Arena Cross. Uh, as a matter of fact, that's how we'll start. But we'll also welcome Matthew Skoltz and Roger Lee Hayden, of course, will uh, uh, continue forever to salute the um, the late Nikki Hayden. But uh, the statue that will be unveiled in Owensboro, I think, is a, a fitting tribute. Uh, we had another death in Owensboro. We go to P.J. Duran that uh, reported that very news just last week. P.J.? Yeah, it was unfortunate, the passing of uh, G- Moto America racer Jake Lewis, uh, Father Bobby Lewis, right. and there was, uh, um, uh, I guess, the, the funeral and or visitation uh, had occurred this past weekend right. uh, as they celebrated the life of uh, an incredible racer, race dad, Bobby Lewis. Yeah, great guy, too. Just, yeah, uh, incredible guy. I've, I've had more, I had more fun with him at racetracks than anybody deserves to have at racetracks I had with Bobby Lewis. Mm. Well, thank you for that. Um, We've been talking about the demise of Arena Cross and what is uh, uh, literally going to be replacing it. We, we, we talked with Lindsay, and I don't know that she answered all the questions, but I think she summed it up. She, she was stunned when she got the news as well. Uh, we go to Buddy Antonez in California. Buddy, what, what was your immediate response when you heard that they were n- to discontinue Arena Cross? Feld would discontinue Arena Cross. Oh, <laughs> uh, the, the, you know, it's kind of, one of those responses like, uh, really, you know, um, kind of, you know, bummed to, to see it go. And then kind of the joke going around the pits was that all my records would be, uh, secure. Yeah. That's, I was just <laughs> thinking, wow, you, you finish a champion. No one can ever touch your well, records. Five, five AMA arena cross championships to his credit. I can understand why that's very special, but, uh, coming out of Southern California, you literally traveled the country uh, to arenas all across the Fruited Plain, if you will. Um, and you were one of those hotshot amateur riders in the late 80s that just set the world on fire. This this was your home. Arena Cross was your home. Thank you. And that, that's the thing about Arena Cross is it, it really had that that family vibe uh, when I was there. And, and as uh, probably Lindsay could attest that, you know, she's been there for a number of years. And, you know, you get to know everybody in the paddock uh, really well because it's, it's small. Um, so it's one of those deals that, um, you know, it, it had that vibe where you're looking forward to hanging out with everybody on the weekend. You had a good time and also got some good racing in there in between. And, you know, now that's, that's going to be no longer as far as that chapter of it. Buddy, I, 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 uh, kind of, uh, and I'm just a little younger than you, but I, I was getting lapped by you in arena cross <laughs> for a while and then, uh, went on to, to do some team stuff when you were still, uh-huh. You know, with Tough and and with Cog and that, and um, you, uh, the thing is that, and I don't know if if why they say Arena Cross wasn't making enough money, or it wasn't making money, or not enough. I, I don't right. know. So, but here's the thing: you got mm-hmm. you got guys like Buddy Antonez and Emick and Pedersen who actually went to Arena Cross too eventually. Um, yeah. Button, you raced with all these guys in Southern California, and, and we watched you on TNN. 
I don't know if you, you remember when the, when TN, mini bike racing was on TNN. It was super cool yeah, Carl, in the nineties. Carl's bad, yeah, yeah. So yeah, so I think arena cross was less cool now than it was back then because, <laughs> and it's because we had guys that were real stars, Buddy Antonez, and uh-huh. and uh, I don't know if Chad was a real star, but he's my good friend. Wow. <laughs> But uh, but you know what I mean? Like there was there was some real stars that went to even Damon Bradshaw raced arena cross for a yeah, short that spell. Was rad. Yeah, cool. super cool. And Brayton Brayton raced arena cross, you know. And look what he's done. I know you guys are uh, buddies, but uh, yeah. Um, and he's actually coming to my track this weekend. We talked about yeah, see, yeah, see that. yeah. Yeah, but yeah, Damon Damon riding arena cross, and I spoke to him a little bit, and and he just had a blast with it. It's unfortunate that he got hurt, um, but. Like looked like he had a lot of fun, enjoyed the racing, um, enjoyed the atmosphere. The, the thing of it is, is that that was a big play back in the day. Was that you know a lot of us names in Supercross were coming over to Arena Cross, which brought brought some credibility uh, to Arena Cross and got people watching inside of the industry. Yeah, um, and it was in fourth quarter. It wasn't it yeah. wasn't the exact same time as Supercross, so it doesn't get lost. Right. So my point. November, yeah. My, my point in bringing that up is, do you think that some of th- that was some of the demise over the years of arena cross that, uh, you know, rather than it, it, guys that are big names coming over into arena cross may, you know, they were trying to make it more of a feeder program, which makes sense. But, uh, yeah. do, do you think that's why arena cross, you know, because if the, the stands were full every night and they could do two nights like they were, they mm-hmm. they'd still be doing it. They'd still be making, you know, they'd still be having races. Do you think that's why Arena Cross is no longer, or do you think it's something else? Um, you know, I can't say whether they wanted to take it in another direction. Um, I know when I was in Vegas, there wasn't many people in the stands. Um, you know, so it, it's tough to say, but, um, you know, the way they did it, you know, back then, like I said, with, with starting in November, uh, it created some buzz, created some hype. People started following it, then you stick with it. Um, and, and in our day, we rode both Supercross and Arena Cross, um, then started breeding Arena Cross specialists only. Um, and then the, the feeder system, which I thought was a great idea, but as anybody who's raced Arena Cross on a high level realize, you know, they know that. Um, it's a different, different, uh, racing than Supercross. It's really intense. There's nowhere to hide. Um, you got to slam to get by sometimes. And I think it really, you know, got the amateur kids going, whoa. And then they don't want to get hurt because they've got these Supercross contracts or looking at going Supercross. So, you know, they were getting their points and, and not running the main full out, um, uh, which that could have, you know, brought some good buzz to it if, if uh, some of these, you know, uh, amateur kids would have got in there and shook it up, you know, really put in the effort, uh, possibly from, from my standpoint, scene and, you know, created another buzz about it. Um, but when you got these top kids, you know, I think Plessinger did really well in it, and he's doing well now, a few guys, but you get some of those top amateurs get into the recross and put it on the box, winning, like, that gets everyone excited inside the industry. It gets, you know, win ads being had and, and, and all that stuff, and, and that was a part of it too. Like you know, Suzuki did win ads with me. They they really marketed me. And Mike Kidd did a great job of marketing me and Chad and Denny and, and all the guys back then. And um, 
uh, you know, I didn't see as much marketing into the racers as I did for Ricky Carmichael, you know? No, I don't, buddy, I, I would agree with you. Racers I, sell, the racers sell tickets. Yeah, I don't think they did that well of a job marketing the writers. Um, but let's go, I want to go back and touch on the, 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 the fast kids coming in, you know, Forkner and some of these other guys, Marcher Banks. Mm-hmm. Do you think that maybe, and I think you kind of alluded to it, that Arena Cross did themselves a disservice by only allowing them to gather so many points versus, hey, you need to race a full season instead of, yeah. hey, you can you can you can race so many races or or pick and choose which races which races that you want to race to get your points versus, hey, you got to stick at a full season, therefore making it. One, I think, yep. more marketable for Arena Cross, maybe drawing some some outside crowds that are, you know, kind of in between that Supercross, Arena Cross. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I just think that they could have done more with that than they did, but I'm not a... Yeah, you know, hindsight, you know, um, always wanted to get you, you know, and I don't know what what their actual thoughts was. I haven't really ever sat down with anybody at... at failed um but you know it could have definitely went a different path with having them do the whole series um not being able to pick and choose not being able just to to qualify for the night show and get their point um you know there could have been a lot of spins on it but you know let's face it with tv package and and everything that arena cross had going for them there's there's marketing to be had there there's there's uh you know a lot of ways they could have bumped their brand or their their likeness of their rider up through arena cross even more. Um, some of them already had hype, you know, but some of them maybe that needed that little extra time to grow, um, could have found a little bit, you know, in arena cross because the whoops are tough in arena cross. Always. It's always been like that. Uh, the rib, rhythm lanes, you know, their supercross is definitely tougher. Um, you know, but the, the fact of how you got to execute good start, you know, that's super important. Um, there was a lot of good that could have come out of it, but I think from my standpoint, when you put that they didn't have to really put themselves out there very much, I think they learned really quick that, you know, um, it could take a turn that ended up, you know, putting a damper on their Supercross uh, future. I think uh, you made a good point with the timing as well. If it was like a fourth quarter racing and and then if you had uh, the riders coming in, um, not in the middle of the season when everybody's racing for points, um, mm-hmm. you know, at the beginning of the season, um, if those riders came in and say they raced from November to the beginning of Supercross, um, yep. I think that was that would be a good move that, as well. That was the best move because what happens is is these arena cross guys once they get about mid season they're firing all cylinders and. Um, you know, get, they get really tough to beat. But you start out the season with them, you know, they're still dialing in bikes, they're still dialing everything, so you have your best chance of getting up there and, and, and mixing it up with them, you know, and then you gain confidence from it, um, you understand it, and, and you're able to build. Um, that could have been something, you know, you know, really good to happen, you know. Um, going a little bit step further, you know, um, Mike Kidd, when he had the series, you know, he really played to the um, the, the colder uh, state, you know, um, when they did have snow in the winter and, this, you know, that. So they, 
you know, people want to go and find an activity to do. We had a lot of, from what I understand, we had a lot of first-time people that, that uh, were just looking for something to do, but, you know, they're still filling seats and selling tickets. So, um, you know, that's the way my kid played it. You know, um, I think as it moved forward, um, they were going to spots that they wanted to go to, you know, um, for whatever reasons that maybe weren't, you know, um, exactly areas that were um, able to get those first-time people that just wanted, you know, to go get out of cold. Buddy, it seems to me like they wanted to follow the uh, Supercross path, essentially. The same same cities, the same kind of southern states. Yep. Yep. You're right, yep. And you're totally like you already said. You're you're just negating all these people in the upper Midwest or or even in the the Northwest. Is it's a big it, word for you? Hey, thank you. The Northeast yeah. military got their wor- their money's out of me. Okay, so uh-huh. you're losing a lot uh, of of potential. It sucks. It tickets. Totally, I mean, it totally sucks. We're we're in markets. Arena Cross was in markets that, uh, and I know you're you're waiting, PJ. But Arena Cross is in markets that Supercross is never going to go in, and I don't think it's I don't think it's good for for the sport of motocross long term. I really don't because, like you say, buddy, people come first time, and next thing you know, they they're the people that are at the racetrack, the local tracks. And they're coming back next year, and they're no coming they're back next there. year, and they they're wearing their Fox jerseys, and uh, <laughs> but. Uh, you know what, and and the thing is too, and there's nothing we can do about it. And we've beat this horse on yeah. and off the show, but the 125 and 250 days, when you were on a mm-hmm. two-stroke, those tracks are are a lot easier to ride on a 250F, a lot easier than than on your RM 125. And I'm telling you, very true, dude. You're you're. Um, I really didn't like riding with you ever because you <laughs> because you're the most intense, horrible person. You would you and you would uh, somehow, but. Actually, Denny Stevenson would would hit me on purpose. You would just find a way around me to to lap me. Cause, yeah. But uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but but when I didn't make the show and I'm up in the cheap seats throwing uh, popcorn on the back of Jim Chester's head because he didn't make the show either for some reason. All right. Um, yeah. Uh, but I, watching you, it w- it was, uh, and I'll stroke you a little bit maybe, but. Dude, you were the absolute best arena, and obviously you have the titles to show it, but somehow you would know if a guy's going to start wobbling or come up short or something, somehow you were always in the right place at the right time. Always. A lap ahead. You could see stuff happening a half a lap ahead of you, and you'd prepare, and you would, and it's like, how did he know to go wide in that? How did he know to stay low in that? And you just, and you just, man, it's like you had a crystal ball, and, and, and you, uh, I don't know if I'm if if I you think I'm being silly, but you were no amazing. No, and, and I'll and I'll tell you about that one. One thing I even through my coaching try to tell some of the kids I coach. Like one thing I did, which maybe you couldn't see, is I was over the catapult or over this. I was always scanning, you know. So I was kind of scanning ahead, seeing who was up there. You know, I knew the riders really well too. Sometimes, um, so I was constantly, you know, um, you know foreseeing where I was going to be in a lap or two, um, trying to anyway. And, and the crazy thing, you know, once you start winning, you start getting a lot of confidence, things start slowing down, and you start seeing these little things um, before they come, you know. And it, it, at least, you know, that's what you like to, to think because you are acting like you have a crystal ball. You don't. But when things start to really go good and you're flowing really well and 
and you are able to, to look up and scan the track, you're not looking just over your front fender, you know, you can predict maybe, hey, I'm going to be to this guy in, you know, two laps, you know, sorry, start preparing for that, or, you know, just little things like that that you, that I learned to do, you know, over the years, which then towards, you know, the fifth championship looked like I had a crystal ball, but it was just experience. Buddy, where we've been talking uh, a great deal about the experience uh, or lack thereof uh, now for the fans. And what, are we, what we haven't talked a lot about is where do these major teams, they look like major teams to me when I've attended Arena Cross, where do all mm-hmm. these riders, pers- I mean, personnel, I understand it. Well, Babbitts is going to, they're going to do a GNCC thing, but uh, the, yeah, the Tylib mm-hmm. team, I guess maybe you have some information I don't, but I kind of no, know where they're uh, going. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I just heard that this week that um, that was happening, and that's the real bummer. You know, um, you go back to, to Billy Whitley, uh, my team manager slash owner at one time. Um, you know, he won a lot of championships in the Cross, and, and that's how he made his, his living. Um, Denny Bartz, who's been, um, you know, win a lot of championships lately, you know, he, he supplements his, his living with that. Um, uh, Dave uh, Dameron, uh, from tough, you know, he's been involved with that since the beginning. So, um, and like I said, there's racers that become specialists in arena cross and they're able to make a living in this, you know, six month period. So, um, you know, it, 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 it's tough because, uh, the rider in me understands, uh, you know, uh, what a good opportunity that it was to race a dirt bike and make a living if it isn't in the supercross uh, platform, but it's, it's in the arena cross and, and, uh, you know, it's, it's something that, uh, you know, provides for your families sometimes, sometimes it's kids getting their start. Uh, and you know, it's, it's, it's one of the bummers that happens from, you know, a series going away. Well, buddy, you are the all time winningest, uh, title owner for arena cross and that will never go away. Never be challenged. Never be broken. Never be challenged. Hey, uh, we're out of time, but I, I do want to tell you that, uh, Damon Bradshaw is coming this weekend too, down to the track. So maybe next year we'll talk with Brayton and and uh, get you down there too, and and tell some stories and maybe maybe uh, participate in the camp a little bit and that kind of thing. It'd be cool to have you down there. Yeah, let's get down there and tell some lies. I'm into it. <laughs> All right, buddy, Anthony, Thanks, we appreciate buddy. it. Thanks, guys. Have a good week. Okay, we're gonna take a break. When we come back, Roger Lee Hayden joins us. This is Pit Pass. Get ready, race fans, because the ultimate NASCAR experience is about to hit the airwaves. Welcome to Pit Pass NASCAR, the podcast that takes you deep into the heart-pounding world of NASCAR racing. Join us each week as we bring you closer to the NASCAR action with exclusive interviews and all the news and rumors you need with your favorite drivers, team members, and industry insiders. So whether you're a fan of super speedways, short ovals, or road racing, or you've just watched Talladega Nights, Pit Pass NASCAR is the podcast you've been waiting for. Get ready to fuel your passion for NASCAR like never before. Subscribe now to Pit Pass NASCAR on your favorite podcast platform or head to evergreenpodcast.com and get ready to join us. Launching in the fall on Evergreen Podcast Network. Follow us on social media at pitpass underscore NASCAR to stay up to date with everything you need to know about the podcast. <laughs> 